0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey,
1: Heartbreakers. Welcome to another breakdown bonus episode. I have two very special guests with me today from the Trashy Divorces podcast. I'm here with Alicia and Stacy. How are y'all? Hey, Abby. So good. How's it going, Heartbreakers? We're excited to be here. Good. Fellow Southerners here to break down this divorce. I'm so pumped because you guys talk about divorces all the time on your podcast. And I just felt like you guys would be so perfect to uh, let us know. Know how you felt about this story? What do you guys think makes a good divorce story? I like this is
2: Stacey. I like stuff that is just over the top, not in a dangerous way, but just like just over the top with pettiness. You know, the ex who like clears out all of the cutlery. I think it was uh, Bethany Frankel who got left with like one spoon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've forgotten about that stuff like that. Just delights me. Yeah, Trashy Divorces is the good podcast about bad relationships. And wow, I love. Of the spider webs and the intricate things that happen in relationships of people that if you know how those people are connected behind the scenes, the story reveals itself to be something new.
1: Oh, what would be a good example of a spider web type story? Everything is a spider well, web
0: in Alicia's mind, yes. In our world, we have just done an episode on Rex Harrison that has attachments to a thousand people over a hundred years years. I just love the background of how everyone connects and honestly, how people are terrible to each other through time in the name of love. It never ceases to amaze me.
1: And that's kind of a perfect example for this episode as well. We've introduced this episode by saying, hey, this guy was married to this girl, but now he's dating her sister's best friend. It's like, how did they end up together? And we find out through the story, it was the thruple from hell. That's what I've decided to label it. Yeah,
0: it sounds like for sure. No, that's not even a thruple. I have a lot to say the thing. So here's a great spider web for you. I listened to this poor, poor girl. And all I could think about Abby was the triangle between Ernest Hemingway, his first wife Hadley and his second wife, Pauline. So in my brain, the whole time I was listening to the sweet, poor child, all I can think about is I'm calling her Hadley. (laughs) I'm calling the terrible husband, Ernest, and I'm calling the new gal, Pauline, and none of it's going to go great if history teaches us anything.
1: Exactly. And it looks like it repeated itself with this poor girl's story. What I thought was so sad about the story is they were together for 10 years. They were each other's first love. And then they get married and everything just starts to unravel. You two are a married couple. Right after you get married, one of you is saying, hey, I'm, I think I'm polyamorous. How are you reacting to that? I
0: think that would have gone poorly. <laughs> just... Well, especially after marriage. I think in a healthy relationship, you have a number of conversations as you're deciding to get together. In the bloom of youth, I don't know if people necessarily, A, have those conversations or B, even know that they should have those conversations. Right.
2: I also kind of wonder with this particular former couple, people will sometimes be accused of perhaps having a baby to try to save the marriage. I wonder if the would-be husband didn't actually like get married to try to save the relationship been some, like misguided. Maybe he knew he wasn't into it anymore. I'm not sure how long they were married uh, before the uh, the poly stuff. big idea came out. Yes, up. his bright plan for their future. I do wonder though, if that may have been going through his mind. Like we've been together so long, you know, like something good natured that then turned very sour. Well, I think if you're like a youth
0: group kid, you've mm-hmm. gone to church youth group, you've got the experience you have. And again, little Hadley, we were living alone. We were making our space. Like you changed so much in that that time frame. I'm not discouraging anyone from getting married at a young age. And certainly sometimes the first one you fall for can be the one, this thing with Ernest here. Oh man, Ernie. And he comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm polyamorous. You don't know what that means. You just want another girl. You, you <laughs> want a girlfriend, man. There are ways to be poly and have that conversation with your partner. Absolutely. Partners. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic reference books. Uh, that ethical slut, Dossie Eason and Janet Hardy. Like there are ways to compassionately and within finding the way to fulfill the needs that you may have. You can do that well. Right. And, and with an egalitarian structure, he had
2: met someone he wanted to date. She's Thank not into you. She's not into girls. What should have happened is she should have been free to go find a boyfriend, which I don't think is what she wanted either. Right. Like what they
0: had was not polyamory. You should have said, Hey, this is a healthy relationship. Hey, <laughs> (laughs) hey, it turns out that I'm having some weird feelings. Can we sit down and talk about how this goes for me? But Ernie didn't do that. Ernie was a terrified chicken boy about it. (laughs) What did you say earlier, Stacey? Ernie feels to you like he has a punchable face. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like get into like, I don't know,
2: slander or whatever. I've never, I don't know who the guy is, but I'm just assuming a very punchable
0: face. (laughs) Hadley has bought herself every gift gift wrapped it herself and you're out buying a $200 basket at Target? You can just take days off? No, you have a girlfriend and your wife is making her breakfast and lunches doing everything she can to try to save something that clearly from
1: the outset you wanted to bail on. Yeah, yeah. Just that part's cowardly. Just be honest about it. Ernie. He backed her into this position in front of his friend who's afraid of confrontation and she's like, okay, well this is coming out of nowhere and now she's become like it felt like to me she became their mom their built-in maid their built-in chef and then eventually we get to the point where she becomes like their sex translator which made me so uncomfortable even having to picture that yeah poor
2: girl (laughs) I don't know it's like the Stanley Milgram experiments where you're like administering fake electric shocks but you think they're real and basically everyone keeps upping the voltage in this experiment It's about you know obeying authority I think in this case the authority was her notion of, you know, I am married. We at least at one point were very much in love. There's a way I want my life to look and I will continue to make these, I think to a lot of people, extremely unreasonable compromises along the way. At some point she
0: did finally decide I have reached my limit here and good for her. Well, and that's sort of the XY axis. I really felt for Hadley. I really, really did in listening to her story. I get that until you know yourself, until you You look at something that's happened to you and say, "Hey, best friend, why are you putting up with that?" Like it's a whole thing. And to Hadley's point, like leaving him sucks. Leaving them sucks. The breakup part of it always sucks, but the other side of it, so good. I would also, I would add that this type of thing. I mean, I think a lot
2: of it you can kind of chalk up to inexperience in relationships, probably for both of them, Hadley and Ernie. Um, But this is why people. People tend to say, like, don't get married super young because, you know, if you're in a, a bad dating relationship, it's not that big a deal in most cases to walk away. But if you're in a bad marriage, I mean, that you need lawyers, right? Like that is just a much bigger deal.
1: Yeah, then it becomes a dog fight trying to get out of it. And so nope. I, can, I, I can empathize with that in the sense that it's like, well, maybe if I put up with this long enough, he'll eventually get sick of this other girl and we can go back to the life that I thought that we were going to have. And then, you know, eventually she gets to the point where it's like, OK, this is just never. Going to change. And the way I kind of saw this relationship, it was sort of like a bad habit. You know how they always say, like, nobody wakes up and says they're going to be an alcoholic. It starts with, you know, one drink, two drinks, three drinks. And that's kind of how this relationship ended, where it was like, okay, well, I want to be polyamorous. And now I have this girlfriend. And now she's moving in. And now she's sleeping next to us. Now we're having sex next to you. It just kind of got to the point where I don't think she realized how deep she was getting into it until she decided to put her foot down. No, that's exactly it.
0: Abby, listening to Hadley's story, I kept thinking of about. There was something I read many, many years ago when I was probably about Hadley's age, dealing with something very similar that changed my life forever. You just talked about it. But if I can have a moment, I would like to tell you the parable of Funk Dog. Okay, please tell us the parable. (laughs) The parable of Funk Dog. This is a little bit of a story mentioned in Jill Connor Brown's book, The Sweet Potato Queens. Go with me here. I promise it's going to make sense in just a second. stranger came to their door one day. He was singularly unattractive, very little hair covering his hideous, sore-wracked skin. Skin, just generally ratty and nasty looking as it is often said of the unbeautiful of the world he had a great personality he came to be known as funk dog because he was in fact a dog and he was funky <laughs> and so they started this thing of petting funk dog with a small stick let me set this up jill connor brown's telling the story of these teenage boys that she knew who kind of were from the south lived in this ramshackle cabin that like nobody even really knew who anybody owned. And so Funk Dog begins to show up on their porch. Jill okay. Connor Brown continues. And so they started this thing of petting Funk Dog with a small stick. That image always just made me want to ball. And now I know why. I think Funk Dog being petted with a stick is a perfect metaphor for what can happen to any of us in this life if we don't pay attention. In any area of our lives, things can go from great to not so hot to downright unspeakable and do it so gradually that we keep downshifting our expectations to correspond with the current situation. We settle for less and less and tell ourselves it's not so bad until one day we wake up and we are, in effect, hairless and scabby, just hoping to get petted with a stick for a little while. You can forget what it used to feel like to feel good about life, feeling rotten or just a low-grade funk seeing. Normal and therefore acceptable. I just don't believe that God intended for any of his creatures to be petted with sticks. If some area of your life sucks, do something else. Life is too short and too long to spend it being miserable. Life may indeed be short, but it is for a fact wide. It is high time we started settling for more. That's all I could think about with poor Hadley.
1: Well, it's so true to so many of the breakup stories that we have on this podcast. Like I said earlier to y'all off of the recording is it's kind of a case study in why people decide to stay terrible relationships and ultimately like the lesson that all of them can be chalked up to is they'll say something like well I just didn't think I could do any better I didn't think anybody else would love me or the cost was of leaving seemed so much more expensive than staying emotionally financially whatever anybody can relate that to their life in terms of a toxic relationship or their career if they feel like they're just settling in a career I think that's very universal for anybody listening
0: the parable of funk dog I swear I have (laughs) thought about it Once a week for the last 25 years, that life is short, but it is in fact wide. It is high time we started settling for more. You know, it's not going to go great with Ernie and Pauline. Let me tell you that. Like, (laughs) <laughs> They're in their own little storm. And I hope that Hadley is singing. I forgot that you existed by Taylor Swift right now and living her best life.
1: Oh, she absolutely is. It was something that she even mentioned towards the end of the episode and something that's always motivated me to expect more from my life is she compared her life to reading a book. If you are reading yourself as a character, if you're reading your marriage as a love story, is it something you would actually want to read? For me, that's always been the reason my relationships have ended. I've been like, oh, if if this was, if I was a character, I would want to get out of this story. And I think we've got to start living our life. Like we are the main character. No, that's fantastic advice. We had a good friend one day who was
0: kind of down on herself and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you talking about my friend that way? And she's like, and it was just so shocking to her that she was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't talk to myself. Like I wouldn't talk to my best friend. Right. Once you start getting, I mean, I know it kind of sounds true, but kind of sounds cheesy, but Hadley needed to get to know herself and I, I love the breaking point was I'm not paying a therapist to tell me I know I need to leave <laughs> you. that was so good
1: because from an objective standpoint it's like when you put it out all, all on paper there's nothing good about this situation I'm not getting anything from this he's got a girlfriend in my marriage
2: yeah and the other part of that is the, uh, the secret keeping like she was ashamed of this situation she wasn't telling the people closest to her her sister who I gather she is very close to like she was afraid to tell you know, the people closest to her because it was such an awful situation, which, you know, fortunately it was just this particular weird shit. Cause I know
0: people, you know, end up in violent situations, things like that. And I really felt for her. You have those indications that, I mean, it goes from things aren't great to, Oh, I don't know about this to downright terrible, but you downshift your expectations. So gradually you're at the bottom of the pit. How the hell did I get here? Right. Part of it is you have no one to
2: reach out to. Like, again, secrets are very very bad. Secrets will stifle you. We have learned
0: that <laughs> through three and a half years of trashy divorces.
1: Yeah. There's a saying that's uh, called gross things grow in the dark. So if you keep things mm-hmm. a secret, they just continue to get worse and worse. Touching back on what you said, was somebody on my podcast, one of uh, somebody I interviewed a while back said something really touching. She said, you know, just because my scars weren't physical doesn't mean that they weren't there. And I felt like that was the case for this girl. Absolutely. Particular.
2: Yeah, this it was tough to listen to her story. I mean, because I felt like at every point in the progression, And anyone listening to that story would be like, no, no, stop, stop there, get out now. And it just it just kept evolving into worse and worse places, you know, partly because the guy we're calling Ernie was just, he was
0: such a coward and would not tell her that he had met someone else he wanted to be with. I mean, to be fair, it took me 10 years to find somebody prettier than you.
1: A backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. How awful to leave your marriage with that mic drop moment from him. What a guy. My
2: hope is that the new girlfriend hooks up with her old girlfriend and makes his life pretty
1: miserable, too. So that's all we can hope for. And maybe she'll come on my podcast on a different episode and talk about (laughs) her side of the story. The
2: irony of that.
1: (laughs) It would be so great. Hopefully she reaches out to me. So if you're listening, let me know, girlfriend. We finally sort of made it to the ending slope of this. And luckily, our interviewee, our girl Hadley from this story is in a happy, healthy relationship and seems to be doing so much better. So do you two have any final thoughts, any comments, anything that you would say to Hadley if you had the chance to talk to her.
2: I just think in terms of like framing it as a story again, obviously we are not at the end of her story, but that chapter ended (laughs) and a new and better chapter has opened. And that's all we can hope for. I mean, life has hard parts and all you can hope for is that like the next bit is better.
0: As a soul who has been in Hadley's situation, Hadley girl, I am so proud of you for taking the jump into probably sucks more in the short term but the long-term payoff. Girl, I'm so proud of you. Love the healthy boundaries. Love that you found yourself as your own best friend and have realized that lesson that life, God, gives us so many chances. There is no reason to get petted with a stick. Good on you, Hadley.
1: Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving your commentary for this story. You got to tell us, if my listeners are going to come and listen to, to one of your episodes, which one would you send them to? Ooh, great
0: question. We've got, goodness, 250. Do you like Fleetwood Mac? That one's a pretty popular one. Yeah, we've got contemporary people. I mean, for
2: tomorrow's episode, it's the breakup of the actress Florence Pugh and Zach Braff, the, the actor, writer, director that just happened. Um, we've covered Kim and Kanye.
0: We've covered, covered all the tutors and the Plantagenets <laughs> and Frida Kahlo, like old Hollywood royalty. Find somebody that you really want to find out about their life and do a quick search, you probably will find them. Yeah, trashydivorces.com
2: has a very good search feature, so just, just plug in your favorite broken-up celebrity's
0: name, and they may well come up. Put in your favorite brand of trash candy. Uh, <laughs> We've probably got something for you.
1: Yeah, I just listened to the Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart one, because I was so, I was such a hard back in the day, and <laughs> I didn't realize that Kristen was so young when they started kind of like oh, yeah, she was 17. I was like, oh, that's scandalous, Robert. I see why, yeah. why it all took so long to come out as public, but okay. Yeah. Potentially illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again. I'm going to link all of your stuff in our episode description. So for all of you listening who want to go and check out the Trashy Divorces podcast, you can check it out there.